1: Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How to Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance.
0: The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to this special episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Thanks, Owen. Today we're talking about financially planning for a getaway, going on holiday. Yeah. And it just so happens that you have a getaway of your own plan, right?
1: Yeah. Hopefully uh, next year, fingers crossed, I'll be going on a bit of a journey across Europe. <laughs>
0: Cool. When are you leaving?
1: Uh, Hopefully in sort of uh, March next year, so.
0: And which countries are you going to?
1: Uh, Starting in England and working my way around from there. I'm trying to keep it a little bit spontaneous. Mm -hmm. England, Uh, just
0: writing this down. Go on.
1: (laughs) Owen wants to come too.
0: Yeah, I'm going to meet you there. So you're starting in England and then you're just going to make it up as you go.
1: Yeah, I've kind of got a general idea of places I want to see Uh, and something particular things and friends I want to see and things I want to do but I'm trying to keep it fairly broad so I can change it up as I go
0: cool so just straight off the, the bat here how much did you budget for a trip to Europe like did you break it down per day or per week or something like that
1: Um, The first thing I probably started off was trying to work out the flights. So that can be around, I think, to Europe, it's often $1,500 return. Mm -hmm. Um, I managed to sort of get my flights on points, actually. Oh, cool. Um, But so then I worked that out. I think insurance was another, it's going to be another $500. My passport had expired because I hadn't actually left the country for a while. So I had to do that. That was another few hundred dollars. Uh, and then I'm sort of budgeting around $100 a day.
0: Does that include accommodation?
1: Yes. Ooh. So it's going to be hostels for me.
0: Okay, hostels. Cool. Now I just thought we'd get straight to the uh, the meat of the uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, but let's go back in time a bit. So I think one of the ways that we're going to tackle this is kind of following, I guess, your journey to planning this holiday and some of the tools and tips you have for uh, for listeners and myself, if I'm going to get over to Europe anytime soon <laughs> you you and I were talking off air you started planning for this holiday even though this is coming up in early 2020 you started planning for this maybe towards the end of 2018 yeah so for a year and a bit
1: yeah so at the end of high school I wanted to go and travel but I started working full-time at 17 and that's been my life for the last four years and so I finally got the opportunity to travel but next year hopefully mm-hmm. and so I actually started planning properly for it uh, around November in 2018 because I knew trying to save um, more than a couple of grand was going to take me about a year mm-hmm. and so I, I worked out I wanted to go to Europe so that was going to cost me more I wanted to spend a few weeks in London that's going to cost even more um, I'm pretty happy to do hostels um, I've spent a few nights in hostels, but. Who knows in Europe if I'll, if I'll cope or not, but hopefully I will. Um, and hopefully just traveling everywhere by fairly inexpensive means of trains and buses and I guess planes, sometimes internal planes in Europe are actually cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I started the building the overall vision for my trip, which I think is really important to start with, of where you want to go, what you want to do, what type of travel. Are you happy to backpack or... Do you want to travel a bit more comfortably? Because that's going to be completely different price ranges. And where do you want to go? Because saving up for a four month trip in Southeast Asia is going to be very different to saving up for a four month trip in America, for example. So, mm-hmm. getting that broad overview of where you want to go, the type of travel you want to do, uh, whether you want to see a lot of things, or if you're planning to go do a lot of shopping, or you want to go to more free museums and go on hikes so working out that general gist of the trip will help you um not only motivate yourself but start to approximate the cost
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think um that's a really good way to think about it right just what do you want from your trip first and foremost mm. it's also important to be realistic to some extent yeah right um you know if you want to backpack it's going to be a completely different experience um to then having kids or you know, going and live, uh, living the lifestyle in a hotel, like a four-star mm. or above. One of the things I found really useful we found useful was just simply Googling for average costs in cities and TripAdvisor was a really good resource for mm. us because you know TripAdvisor, and this is not just us being a poster child for that, but <laughs> TripAdvisor was really good because you could effectively you know, just get the top 10 sites for each city or each location that you're in and then all have the approximate cost. And you can kind of work back from there. And not that you need a plan every day. I think if you plan every single day your trip, you don't leave much to the imagination. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you don't want to be doing that necessarily. But at the same time, it gives you a rough idea. Yeah. And um, it was pretty cheap to be in Vietnam for a few weeks.
1: Mm. And even if you're even mode of transport, maybe you're bicycling around Vietnam or you might be camping. Mm. That's going to be a very different cost again.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um. I think in Vietnam, you wouldn't... Unless you're very confident on a scooter or on a push bike, you wouldn't want to be just...
1: A bit dangerous. Oh,
0: it's, <laughs> anyone that's been can relate, but it's uh, it's pretty much organised chaos. <laughs> uh, people flying through red lights. Anyhow, that's a topic for next time. Um, so after you design, I guess, where you want to go, the kind of things you want to be doing, hmm. how did you work out your costs? You said you, know, you had all these things uh, like passport expiring, flights, etc., how did you work it out? You just...
1: I did a lot of research. Yeah. I probably okay. spent a lot of time on Google and looking at different... Uh, there's so many... It's quite funny. It's like the financial independence community. Their travel bloggers actually put every detail of their expenses online for you to trawl through. So you mm. can see exactly what a week in London costs for someone who's traveling on a a hostel budget or a comfortable budget or a luxury budget. Mm. And you can see what sort of things they did, um, how much those activities cost, transport, accommodation on different budgets. So it's often worth um, having a look around. You might even find a travel blogger you really like and you like their level of travel. So they might be a budget traveler and you can look at different locations and figure out what's the general costs of staying here. And even having a look at Airbnb um, Mm -hmm. because that's another option that wasn't there 10 years ago um, for locations. And um, they have that inspiration section now. So you can, sometimes you just go on Airbnb and they show you a tree house in the Maldives or something really strange. Cool. So yeah. Different different things. And yeah, I guess maybe just if you're planning a year out for some a larger travel, work out what are those big costs, flights. That probably won't change too much. So work out what do you need for flights? What do you need for travel insurance? If you need visas, you often have to book them quite, Register for them quite a long time in advance uh, and all those sort of fixed costs. Um, and then you can keep the
0: accommodation food more general. Mm-hmm. So, your variable costs are things that you can tinker with. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we come back to this analogy a lot, right? Like, put the big things in the, the jar first and then all the little things falling around it. So, you know, flights are a big thing. That's pretty easy. You can go on skyscanner, dot booking.com, you know, any of these sites, mm. and you can get pretty you know, accurate flight estimates. Uh, flight costs so and uh, even Google now you can you can search for flights um, another thing you mentioned Airbnb there are other sites that you can use you know there's a litany of sites that compare yeah. hotels um, you can even join like rewards programs and things like that where you can um, use points like you did um, or you can get member discounts and those types of things some of them are pretty much a scam <laughs> but uh, <laughs> some of them aren't some of them actually fulfill or live up to expectations Um One thing you can do if you have a credit card, not that we are endorsing credit cards on this show, hopefully they've all been cut up, but if you are a frequent traveler, you can use your business card uh, to book things and you might get things cheaper. Another thing to do, just a quick one while we're here, is when you book into a hotel, if you're part of a couple, remember to tell them it's your honeymoon or your anniversary. No matter what, it is your honeymoon or your anniversary. Even if it's not, just tell them that. So, when you get up to your room, there should be a complimentary bottle of wine or some flowers or something nice. So, remember always, 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 <laughs> it's, your, it's your anniversary or your honeymoon. Uh, another thing um, which we found really useful is just speaking to travel agents. Obviously, it's just, you know, it seems a bit old fashioned. You know, you can book your flights online, but it's actually free to go down to most travel agents, get a quote. If they're competitive, yeah, maybe you take them up on their offer, but if they're not, then you just, just, disregard the quote altogether but you take some of the the ideas that they give you Mm. so you know that chances are they're a wealth of knowledge they've been to these places so some things you might um, you might do in fact include you know asking them for like apps for like to get around that particular city because there might be you know maybe Google Maps isn't the best option or maybe there's an app to um, you know explore the nightlife in that city and and things like that so we did that exact same thing for Vietnam you know the the quote that we got back from the travel agent was just outrageous (laughs) So we just decided, well, we're just going to do it our own. But we we actually got some things from that meeting, and yeah. you can just go down to a a, a travel agent and um you know, speak to them about where you're going.
1: And sometimes travel agents actually have better deals than what you're finding yeah. online because they've just they've secured maybe a thousand of X flights to London, um, and then they're offering them at a really low rate and publicising them on their mailing list. I'm I'm just thinking in Melbourne when I walk past flights Centre, to Hello World, I think there's a student travel. And they often have one particular promotion in their window that looks very attractive compared to what you can see online. So always have a look out. And Luxury Escapes is not it? Yeah, Luxury Escapes is a really good one. I've had a really lot of good friends and family go on those trips mm-hmm. and uh, had very nice resorts in Thailand for a very affordable price.
0: Yep, definitely. So one thing you can do is you can look at the... Again, I'm just telling you how to save money on these things, but that's kind of what the podcast is about. Uh, you can look at the, the hotels or the airfares or the airlines on the particular comparison websites and then go direct to the hotel operator because if you go direct to the hotel operator, they actually keep more of the money mm. and what they are more likely to do is um, they're more likely to give you an upgrade or give you a special deal because they're not paying for the comparison site referral fee or commission or whatever it is. So you can go direct to them and say, hey, I saw this price here. Can you? What can you do? Can you upgrade us a room for the same price? All well, those types questions. One more final little quirky thing that you might be able to do is you you, you might be able to create an email address. We might have an email address that's kind of like the travel department. So you might have like for business, you might have travel at rask.com.au, right? Ah, right. And then you book with that uh, that email address and they see that and they're kind of like, oh, maybe this is someone from the, the travel department or, you know, something like this. Yeah. And then it gives them the impression that, hey, maybe we should really, you know, wine and dine this person because they might be you know, a consistent business lead for us, let's give them a better deal. Mm. <laughs> so that's is a little quirk. You might better make up some email or, I don't know, do something yeah. and uh, you might get a special a, offer.
1: A lot of places also say if you give them a nice review and they, you show them the review, they'll give you X, Y, Z bonus as well. So it's yeah. always something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we've kind of talked a bit off topic here, but we talked about some of the little tricks you can use you obviously set out your vision for what you want to do mm-hmm. you've said you've kind of worked out the rough costs and then what did you do how did you plan for that you had a, a year so time obviously was on your side to help you budget for this yeah but did you just break it down this is how much i need to save per week per month something like that
1: yeah absolutely so i worked out let's say for this example because i can't remember my exact figures and i can't do maths on air uh it was twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars for the trip Uh, because originally I was planning to go for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I would divide it by how many months before I plan to go so like say 12 months I need to save a thousand dollars a month and if I'm not currently saving a thousand dollars a month just in general savings how am I actually going to get to that thousand and that's by you have to go through your budget and if travel this trip in a year's time is a real priority for you you're going to have to make room in your budget and. I've known people that have taken on second jobs, uh, side hustle. I've done some extra work on the side and put that money straight towards your travel fund. So I would, I created a separate bank account. I called it, uh, I think it was like Travel Adventure 2020. Okay. So I did this back in 2018 and I then automated. So when my salary hit my bank account, it automatically moved the $1,000 across mm-hmm. every
0: month. Cool. Um, do you... Or did you before you started saving for this did you have an account where you just allocated some money anyway so did you have like a holiday account no you don't i just had a general savings account that
1: i i used
0: yep okay and that's kind of you know when you're ready to go away for a weekend let's say you would just draw money from that yep okay right okay because i'm we try and be a bit more explicit with it Mm -hmm. we we kind of allocate 10 percent for it, just to think like 10% of your income yeah your the, combined income 10% yeah so we, we try and save you know 20% of our wage so save and invest 20% and then an additional 10% is um for holiday so effectively we're saving 30% yeah which is a lot of money right for some people but it's all about keeping those other big costs down um and driving a wedge between those the, the costs and your um your income mm. Okay, so you've got you've put away a thousand bucks a month. Did you put it in? You said you renamed the account, but was it a high interest savings account? Did you? you did, yeah. I'm guessing you didn't. I mean, invest as it. much
1: interest as we're getting at the moment, I definitely didn't invest it. If you're in, if you're planning to use this amount in the next year or two, I wouldn't recommend investing it.
0: Yeah, cool. It's kind of it's the same question we get all the time. I've got three years until I want to buy a house. Do I invest this money now? Imagine how that conversation would be if you said, I'm going on a holiday in three years or whatever. It's kind of like, it's the same logic. Yeah. It's the same purpose. You know, we're going to be using that money. But I guess the psychology of it is no one would be crazy enough to spend their holiday money on the share market. That's just yeah. like, it's leaving too much to chance. Yet it seems with our home deposit, we're yeah. almost prepared to do it. Mm.
1: And what I did actually, it's a bit cheesy, but I, uh, I made a document that had Travel Adventure 2020 on it and it had... One thousand, then underneath 2,000, all the way up to the total amount I needed. Uh, and then I printed that off, stuck it on my wall. And then every month, once I'd salary had come in, automated payment had moved the money across, I crossed out mm. another amount. So I cool. could see it throughout the year, slowly get closer and closer to my target. So that was quite motivating to keep going and remember why you'd taken on extra work or cut expenses in certain areas or remembering why you've actually... Change your budget to
0: fit this goal. Mm. That's a good one. I really like that. Um, it's kind of like anything we do with budgeting, right? It doesn't have to be a holiday or whatever. You're just some way to keep track of what your goal is.
1: Yeah, and that's another. It's another method I've seen a lot of people do when paying off debt. Mm. Um, having something tangible that you can cross off every month as you get closer to the balance of zero, which is the goal.
0: Yeah, sure, I love it. Um, and, and and this is. One thing we always kind of emphasize on the show is just to be creative. You know, give yourself those little rewards, or make make saving fun or enjoyable, or investing fun or enjoyable in some way that appeals to you. Mm. You know, it's already a pretty dry subject. Let's be honest. Make it make it enjoyable for you. Okay, so you've you've started you started saving. Um, it turns out um, this is kind of like just, I guess, getting to the punchline. But you saved more than you needed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah, done. Because
1: I was saving for a bigger holiday than i am going on now so oh. i i have ended up saving more than i needed so the rest is just going into general savings okay. account but it also means that you've got if you've put all your savings into the trip when you come back home you've got a bit of wiggle room mm-hmm. before you get another job or it depends on what's next so you don't want to come back to a completely empty bank account
0: for sure yeah, totally. Okay, so now we've kind of got to the end of, you know, you're about to go on this, um, I guess, the adventure, which is the fun bit. Yeah. I just, I think it's worth tying off some loose ends here in terms of like the basics. So for me, most people, or well, maybe if you haven't traveled, but most people would know this, but maybe if you haven't traveled, you don't know this, you've got to tell your bank. Right? Yeah. Because you, they block your accounts. <laughs> but they'll block your account if it's like someone just used your account in France. And then you're like, uh, I'm not in France. And that's why they block it automatically. So, you've got to tell them where you're going for how long. Um, with the ING app that I have and the NAB bank app, I can just actually set it in the app. Tell yeah. them where I'm going, how long I'll be there. So, it's I don't even have to speak to anyone. Yeah. Do you Did did you choose a particular bank account for going overseas?
1: Um, at the moment, well, I have been using ing and up money and both of them are quite good for using overseas because they don't have any transaction fees i believe on international purchases so yeah um i'm still sort of testing different cards and trying to weigh up which one's better for going overseas and which one costs less for currency exchange and things like that so Mm. still still in the testing phase i haven't made a decision on what i'm taking because i obviously want a, a card probably a backup card some cash. I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, This is okay. So this is a, there are a few things here for those who, for the uninitiated. So when you go overseas typically and you, you you get money from an account, you'll be typically charged quite a sum to withdraw your mm. money from um, an Australian bank account. Yep. So it could be, you know, we're talking crazy amounts of money, five percent of what you withdraw. Yeah. So minimizing those fees is super important. And that's where a bank like ING tends to have kind of a bit of an advantage because they're already based in Europe. Um, so they have a pretty good offer there, I believe. And we could be wrong. We're not promoting anything. It's just, you know, if you are overseas and you withdraw money, you might just be like, I don't care what the fee is because I don't pay. It gets rebated to my account, right? So that's one thing to consider. Another thing is you can get travel cards. so You don't have to use your bank card. You can use a travel card that effectively is like a loadable card. Just think about it like a gift card that you load money on and then you can transfer the currencies while you're overseas or you know if you go from you know Germany you go to Russia or something like that you need a different currency you could probably transfer between them Mm. Um, but the the ways that they sting you we've already talked about ATM fees the other one is on the transfer so um, bless her socks Sarah my partner was getting uh, some money that we needed over uh, to go over to Vietnam and she messaged me. She's like, "Oh, is this, this the rate? Sounds alright." I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't check it, so it's on me for this." But I'm like, "Yeah, sure, sounds fine." She went to like, you know, like a travel X or something down at this, the Chadson shopping center here in Victoria. Turns out, we budgeted a certain amount of money for our trip, and then when we got over there, we realized we were running behind. We were like two days behind on our on our money that we mm. budgeted. And we're like, Why the heck are we so far behind? And we couldn't work it out no matter what. And then what? What we did is we went back to the original receipt that we got for the currency transfer and we realized that we actually got something like 10 to 20% less than the market rate that you see on Google, Mm. right? We just thought, yeah, you know, we'll pay 5%, 3% either side of that, which is what would be normal. But it was like 10 or 20%. And that translated to like two days worth of spending money that we missed out on because we didn't check the rate and we just went to some shoddy joint at a shopping center yeah so there's a few things there one of them is transferring currencies you obviously haven't i'm guessing you haven't done that yet no no no,
1: it wasn't really it hasn't never been really an attractive time in the last year to transfer to pounds or euros yeah
0: yeah it's it's um
1: yeah i figured i just i'll just do it as i go change small bits
0: yeah one thing that people always say is like you know you got to get in now because the currency is going down Mm. and another thing is you know an Australian dollar only buys this much great British pound or um, US dollar. Some people have a fundamental misunderstanding of currencies and why they fluctuate, yet they are also the people that try and time their, you know, mm. <laughs> they get in and get out. It uh, it kind of just bamboozles me. But basically, you could do what you, you're saying and advocate for like a dollar cost averaging approach where you kind of like just do one third now, one third a month out, and then one third a week out or something like that. And you kind of mm. get the average of all three. That's one way to do it. Another way is just to go, yep, it's done. It's certain. If I get the money now, it goes into the secure bank account. It's done. It's another way to do it. Um, when you do transfer, some things to note: the even if they say that they don't charge a commission, they charge a split on the fee. So if the, let's say the Australian dollar gets you sixty cents US, they might give you fifty five cents US. So they're actually taking a lot. It's almost ten percent of the money that you're transferring. So. It actually pays to shop around Mm. and there is a company that I've learned about over the years, which is a company called TransferWise. It effectively, again, we're not advocating for this, it's just an example, but it effectively gives you the rate that you'll see in Google. So not always check the T's and C's and fees and all that sort of junk, but you can effectively go between like dozens of currencies and super quick- and you can do it at the market rate, and they just charge you a flat fee for it. Mm. So it kind of takes away that old commission model. Um, and yeah, and t- they're
1: a lot more transparent about what the fee is before you make the transaction on TransferWise.
0: Yeah, that's it. It could be, for example, it could be, you know, if you transfer a thousand dollars, and then if you go onto that website, it actually does comparisons for you. If you, it, it, it could be if you transfer a thousand dollars into whatever currency you're going into, it could be the difference of like thirty or fifty dollars between one of the mm. major banks here in Australia. And typically the major banks are pretty good here in Australia. So, you know, they're even better again. And that 50 bucks, if you're backpacking, that's half your day, right? Yeah. That's a night in Prague or wherever you want yeah. to be, right? So it does make a big difference. You've got flights, you got accommodation, you've got transfers. Those are the like, three big costs.
1: Yeah. And some people I know have actually, instead of putting, like, say, their $5,000 just in a high-interest savings account that they've saved over the year for their trip, uh, every paycheck they've put, a small amount converted a small amount into mm-hmm. the next into the currency they want, so they've sort of dollar cost averaged in over twelve months. Oh, cool! Uh, so they sort of saw the currency building up, so that was more motivating to them.
0: Yeah, cool. And that's yeah, again, that's a great way to do it, right? You can just just do it like automate it again, and again. So one of the good things with accounts like TransferWise is that you sometimes, not always, but you sometimes can get an overseas bank account. So if you are moving overseas for a longer period of time, you effectively have a bank account in the country. So if you're getting paid, you don't have to transfer it to an Australian bank. And then sometimes employees won't do that if you're overseas. So it's just better to just do it straight to that. Okay. um, A few more things here. And one of the big ones is we've talked a lot about, I guess, um, going. One of the things that you also need to consider is the finances back home. So we'll get to that, but kind of the, two, the the thing that bridges the two is a thing called travel insurance. Have you got your travel insurance? No. But you said it was going to be like 500 bucks?
1: Yeah, I, I went and approximated different costs. Uh, that was, yeah, 500 bucks was probably when I was looking at the longer trip. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely shop around five different, find different quotes. I've had a look at a couple of websites. One was World Nomads. One was a new Australian company called Travel by Kit. So I'm just having a look at a few different quotes. A lot of the pretty much all the banks will offer some sort of travel insurance or white-labeled product. Mm -hmm. So have a look at the different options available because it does vary significantly.
0: Yep. Um, One of the travel insurers that I looked at um, and I've looked at quite closely is RACV. So that's the uh, Royal Auto here in Victoria, but they have them all around the country. Mm. So you you can look at that. Um, There's a, a significant difference between... Um, the good insurance and the real junk insurance that you can get mm. so even though you get that these new labels and these new names pop up it's like car insurance you can get the absolute shit <laughs> or you can get the, the stuff that you pay maybe it's an extra 50 bucks a month for but you actually have certainty that your claim is going to be paid out yeah and uh, for me RSV was one of them um, the thing is you need to know what your insurance does and doesn't cover you for does it cover you for pre-existing conditions if you're you know, happen to do something overseas, does it not? If you're going snowboarding in Tokyo, I mean, in Tokyo, in Japan, does it cover you if you're running off the groomed runs? Chances are the answer is absolutely not. So you'd want to know that. Another thing is, does it? Is there a limit on how much it covers you for FS? There are these things called um, like uh, multi-trips or multi-stop trips or mm. things like um, around the world insurance and effectively covers you for a year but you've got to know the ins and outs of all these fancy things um one good feature of most travel insurance i'm not saying all of it but you can check this out yourself is they cover you from the moment that you pay the insurance mm. so if you pay for the insurance now you might be covered for any flight cancellations things that happen between now and going Yep. So it's a it's a little tidbit you can pick up there Kate if yeah. you um if you Also yeah, some booked.
1: countries aren't actually covered by travel insurance yep. as well so it's often worth having a look at the um I think it's Oz Travel or Oz Smart Travel the Smart Traveller that yeah, doesn't yeah. the government uh, travel website which actually tells you um the safety status of every country um and you can also look at the countries they recommend you don't travel or only mm. travel with a good reason
0: Typically what will happen if you uh, if you go to a country that is like a high risk, your travel insurance won't cover, cover you to go there. Hmm. So even if the country itself is very much insurable, the, they might have a clause in the the T's and C's or the PDS of the travel insurance that says if you travel to something listed as red alert on your yeah. smart traveler, you will not be covered. So you need to be aware of that. Um, typically things like drinking, if you've been drinking and you do something stupid, Um, won't be covered if you break the law you're not covered like all of these things that we think are like oh yeah but those are things that people tend to um i guess overestimate in terms of what they're covered for
1: travel insurance is definitely a product you want to read the product disclosure statement yeah Yeah, they have a product Uh, very carefully and see exactly what you're covered for because it's so different
0: yeah and this is the thing it makes it very hard to compare apples to apples so one of the places that I learned a lot about travel insurance was some choice. Mm. Um, they now they could call me up after this and be like you're wrong we don't do this but I believe they with their memberships the choice memberships I think they actually do travel insurance reviews or ratings. Okay. Yeah. I think so you can actually or at least you have information on that you can learn about them. Um, so that's one thing. Okay, now let's talk about what happens when you've gone when you've gone what do you do with your finances here in Australia?
1: Because the bills keep coming.
0: That's it. Yeah. So that's kind of an implicit thing, right? You need you can't just go away if you're a contractor that relies on like an hourly wage and doesn't you don't get paid unless you work, if you don't have any annual leave or holiday leave. You need to make allowances for that. So your, your holiday is going to be more expensive again, right?
1: Yeah, because you're not just saving for the holiday, you're saving for everything else back home. Mm. So you're having to leave money enough. F- At least with those expenses, you should have a better idea of what that would look like. Your phone bill if you're still renting an apartment. I don't know, maybe you're going long enough you can sublet it, but mm. um, yeah, bills, uh, any like council rates, all those sort of reoccurring subscriptions, uh, that you need to pay, and then obviously you should cancel anything mm. like Netflix, yeah, yeah, anything you, go that you can away. A
0: lot of those, a lot of those subscriptions have um suspension, so you can just do that. Um, few things. If you own your own home and you have, say, pets, pets are obviously fantastic, but they can also be an issue when you're going away. So you can Mm. either leave them with friends or family, which is great. If you don't have that, you can actually get house sitters. So there are websites you can look online. People have been verified. They've been reviewed. You can get them to come in and take care of your place for a month or two months or however long you're going to be away. So if you don't know anyone or if everyone that you know is very unreliable mm. and you wouldn't want to leave them alone with your house or your animals, you can go onto one of these websites, check out the reviews, meet them, and then approve them to stay in your house. This is great. We've talked about this. This is great for people that do the house sitting because they get free rent effectively. Yeah. And it works for the owners because they take care of the animals and, and do all that. You can find you know, people that have got experience with those particular animals. Yeah. Um, it's, a great, it's a great thing.
1: And on the flip side, you might actually look to house sit when you go overseas to save an accommodation
0: absolutely and we you talked about airbnb as being one way to save costs yeah absolutely you might look at something like that um the other thing is so this is a one for business owners and it's a little bit nerdy but we've talked about in passing very a very long time ago we talked about powers of attorney mm. so power of attorney effectively like if you if i was to be your power of attorney Kate, i could effectively act on your behalf so i could you know, go into your bank accounts, make changes, <laughs> all those types of things—not for my own benefit, but for yours. And um, a power of attorney is effectively just a, a document, right? And it's like eleven pages, I believe. And you'll have it for each state. You don't need to go and see a lawyer to do this. This is what—this is a common misconception. You do not need to see a lawyer to do this. It is very self-explanatory. You get the document off the website. So I think in Victoria it was on the Public Advocate website or something. And then you and I would go along to a police station, sign it in front of a, an officer. Bob's your uncle. Anytime I want to access some of your stuff while you're away on holiday, I can do that. Mm. What's really good about this is if you are a business owner, right? And you have, a, I don't know, a trusted confidant mm-hmm. that you that you rely on that could yeah. make decisions for you, you can use that. So I had this issue. My brother went away, for example, and he had a Brooklyn, like an construction business and I was Managing all of his books and doing all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yep. Um, I, I was doing bring all that you back stuff, a lot of stuff. We didn't, yeah, he did actually. I got a from South America, got a soccer jersey, but we didn't do the power of attorney. So I was effectively just flying in the dark trying to use all of his passcodes and that. And some of the, like the Combank app that he needed, had, he had to get a message, you know, like a text message mm. to verify that it was him logging in. So I couldn't log in. And whereas if I had the power of attorney, I could have sent that off. To the power of attorney is like a faxed uh, thing or an email thing and then they would say okay yeah you've been granted approval this is how you do it um and so i could have done that stuff but without it you know i was virtually i had nothing so yeah. uh that's one thing to consider again a bit nerdy but the other thing is um i guess you mentioned that can you keep costs down at home you know you don't want to be running two households effectively um can you you know Break your lease? Can you put your stuff, instead of putting it in storage, can you take it to a family or friend's place? All these types of things, right?
1: Yeah, I guess that really depends on how long you're going for. Mm. But uh, yeah, you might be able to sort of time it right with ending your lease where you're living and mm. or if you're going for a year and you own your place, why don't you rent it out?
0: Yep. Um, and one more thing that we've... We could have, probably could have talked about a bit earlier, but is the uh, emergency fund. So I call it a go bag where you have kind of your money put away for your living expenses. Mm. Again, you really don't want to be using that for, um, that's for emergencies, it's not for a holiday. So you don't want to be using that for that. You want that to be there when you get back, just in case, you know, something has changed and you do need that money. Um, What people will do, and I'm not, again, this is not me saying hooray for credit cards, but what people will do, is they will take a credit card with them overseas with a zero balance, zero fee. And sometimes they have pretty good currency conversion. Take a credit card with them overseas. It's kind of like an emergency. So you would have, um, you know, you'd have your your transfer uh, reloadable cards or Mm. your cards from one of these, or one of these apps, the new modern apps that you can transfer money instantaneously with. You'd have one of them, you'd be paying, but then let's say your phone gets stolen or you max out your card because an expense come up that was bigger than what you thought. You can use your credit card. and you can whack that on
1: and some hotels actually take a massive deposit yeah some take 500 bucks yeah and so if you've only got x amount on your debit card that you might not have enough yep so i guess there's some instances where it may be beneficial to have a credit card when traveling
0: yeah absolutely And again it comes back to what we said earlier on if you are a regular business traveler you might also get things like insurance better deals on hotels those types of things. Yeah, so, and
1: some credit cards also offer travel insurance if you book for the trip on that yes, same card.
0: So that's the thing. So, even if you do have it, so another common conception that people have is, you know, I'm a, I'm a high roller. I fly overseas all the time. I've got my credit card. I'll just book on that. It's, and you have to book the entire trip or almost all of it on the card that you use, typically, right? You have mm-hmm. to read the terms and stuff. And you have to tell the, uh, the credit card company, this is what you're doing because they might have particular rules around, you know, what you, how much you have to pay, mm. um, you know, how you have to pay for it, those types of things. Um, yeah. You
1: so, probably have to tell them up front. You can't just say, oh, I, I had something happen on this trip. you got to cough up.
0: You, you definitely do. And you want to speak to them first to make sure that you're doing everything right. Because again, people just assume that they've got cover because they're, you know, they travel regularly or they mm. have this credit card. Not necessarily. Think of it kind of like it has to be activated. Yeah. So you have to activate the insurance. And the best way to find out how to do that is to speak to the, the bank. Whew. Okay.
1: That's probably the major points. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Probably the last one is even if you are going to ha- be fully spontaneous on your trip, having a general idea so you don't rock up at a location when a massive festival or something's going on because um, I've heard the stories <laughs> of people ending up uh, at... I think it was the Tomato Fest oh, yeah. somewhere, and, and they had no accommodation, and they didn't. They just assumed they'd be able to book a hotel or a hostel or something, and the whole town was completely booked out. So they had to go further out, and everything was the prices were completely ridiculous for this one night for this festival. So mm. uh, have a have an idea if there are going to be big events. If you want to be there, book early. If you haven't booked, then just avoid. That area because it could blow out your budget completely. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So I can TripAdvisor or even just Google is a good thing for that. Yeah. So let's just recap on what we've got. You're going away for a while in March yeah. to England. I wrote that down <laughs> and then you're making it up uh, as you go along. So we've got start by setting up where you want to go. Yep. Then you can work out approximate costs using things like TripAdvisor, Google. You can follow some of these bloggers, like you said, these travel bloggers. Yeah, do
1: uh, do lots of research.
0: Yep, fire community. Um, you know yeah, you're going to have to pay airfares. You know you're going to have to pay for accommodation of some description. You know you're going to have to transfer money. So we've given you some good tools there. Um, we know You know, you, well, you don't have to, but you know you you want travel insurance. Yeah, for all it's of all the good reasons until it goes bad. Yep, that you need it. Um, we know that the longer you have to save, typically the more you can save and the less stress stressful it will be. Yeah. You kind of broke it down month to month. I'm saying we would just put 10% away every month hmm. and then we would just see where it gets to us. We kind of estimate it in advance. We don't necessarily work backwards. We work kind of up to it.
1: Do you just look at the bank account and go, oh, that's enough for a trip now?
0: Well, we know that if it's got back to like, you know, a couple grand, we know that when we can start dreaming again Yeah. and uh, think of the next trip. So, oh, Nice. yeah, so that's kind of how we do it. Um, It's not necessarily the best for everyone, but it's how we do it. Mm. Um, You can automate, automate your savings. Uh, And there's a few quirky things for, you know, going to see a travel agent, um, keeping an eye on those fees for bank accounts, basic stuff.
1: Yeah, testing some different travel cards and figuring out which is the best option.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay, just last question from me, Kate. What are you most looking forward to?
1: Uh, Probably going to see Dear Evan Hansen in London.
0: Dear Evan Hansen, what's that?
1: It's a musical. It's fairly new, actually. Is that what I've they, heard a lot about it, but I have not seen it. Is that what
0: they call it, the West End? Is that where that is? Yeah. Yeah, right.
1: I just love musicals full stops, so I'll be going oh, to a wonderful. few, I hope. That will uh, definitely blow out my $100 a day budget. Though.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, well, on that, um, Kate, how can people find out more about you?
1: Uh, you can catch me at howtomoney.online or Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus.
0: Cool. And you can find me at Owen Rask on instagram and twitter one thing i realized people were sending me instagram messages didn't know that was a thing
1: yeah you're so, pretty new to instagram yeah
0: so i'm only just discovering that now so if i've only got back to you recently i'm sorry but um keep coming keep sending them through and if people want to send emails and do that they still can podcast at Rasfinance.com. who knows there could be a q a episode around the corner so um if this is the last episode we have you for 2019 have a wonderful and safe holiday season everyone Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ian. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest, and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice AFSL 334107.